0: Welcome to Your Own Words, a podcast that celebrates the love of reading with real people and real books, both critically acclaimed and slated. Listeners are encouraged to read along and join the journey through the libraries of friends newly discovered. This podcast may contain spoilers, feminist rants, curse words, and mispronunciations of names, cities, and more. Hello. Hi.
1: <laughs> hey. hey, Beck. Hi, Alison. We never say our names at the beginning. I wonder if anyone... No, who
0: are... um, (laughs) Who who are you?
1: Still trying to figure that one out. Yeah. It's March, and March is an awesome month. All of the long lists are coming out, which is super exciting. The Dixie
0: Chicks are back. The
1: Dixie Chicks are back <laughs> after 14, 14 years. years. We are very I excited. I am
0: content with life yeah. once again.
1: Beck was having a bad day and I was like, listen <laughs> up. I've got the only news that will cheer you up. And then I said, <laughs> The well,
0: Dixie Chicks are back. Yeah, Dixie yes, Chicks are back. Um, yeah.
1: yeah. Natalie Maines, The Invitation Stands.
0: <laughs> <laughs> when can we be friends? Women.
1: Women. Women. Speaking of women, it's Women's Prize. Women.
0: Women's Prize, Women's Month, Women's Day.
1: Yeah. Uh, so the Women's... Prize for Fiction long list yep. has been announced yeah, for um, a few weeks. At the time this comes out, <laughs> yeah. Uh, and our girl Queenie, Queenie, she's
0: on it. She's made so a couple happy. long lists. She's so made a couple. Far. Yeah, she's she's there. Yeah. And I, I I was I was impressed with myself that I'd read. You'd read three. three. Yeah. Because yeah, um, Girl, three. Women, Other, which is still Bernardine, so far my favorite, favorite, favorite. Finally movie. out in paperback yeah. for Finally, you. Finally, lads, come on. Um, and Edna <laughs> O'Brien, Girl, which mm-hmm. is just a masterpiece. I'm very excited to see what the shortlist is because there's only six books, and if I, it means I've read half of them. I'm <laughs> <laughs> doing really well this year. Um, it's a great list. It's a great, yeah. diverse list of new writers and um you know, women from different backgrounds, and yeah, um, yeah it's it's. I'm really excited yeah.
1: about it. And it's also exciting and timely and wonderful that today's episode is about a past winner of the yes. prize. Yes, Uh and is quite a feminist <laughs> female empowerment. I don't know. We're going to discuss what I'm it is. I'm not sure. At the beginning of the book, I felt one thing. And then by the end, yeah. I felt a very different yeah. thing.
0: No one should have all the power. <laughs> <think that's> basically <laughs> yeah, basically the point. Yeah. Um, yeah. Which is what March is about. Yeah, absolutely. Shall we just dive in? Okay. Naomi Alderman is an English author, novelist and game designer who grew up in London and attended Oxford University, where she read Philosophy, Politics and Economics. Following Oxford, she studied creative writing at the University of East Anglia. Her first novel, Disobedience, was published in 2006 and was well-received, though controversial. It garnered her the 2006 Orange Award for New Writers, and she was named a Sunday Times 2007 New Writer of the Year. Her second novel, The Lessons, was published in 2010, and her third, The Liar's Gospel, in 2012. All three of these novels were serialised on BBC Radio 4's book At Bedtime. In 2016, Alderman published The Power, a dystopian novel about young women who develop the ability to deliver deadly electrical shocks and who misuse their newfound power. The book won the 2017 Women's Prize for Fiction. From 2003 to 2007, Alderman was the lead writer for *Perplex City*, an alternate reality game at Mind Candy. She went on to become the lead writer on the running video game Zombies Run, which launched in 2012. Since 2012, Alderman has been Professor of Creative Writing at Bath Spa University. She continues to write monthly technology column for The Guardian. Not too shabby.
1: Cool, so I will introduce today's book. Imagine a world where teenage girls awake one morning with an extraordinary physical strength and power that outstrips their male counterparts. Thanks to a newly acquired section of muscle near their collarbone, young women can now conduct electricity like electric eels, inflicting pain or electrocuting to death as they wish. They can even waken this power in older women, too. In Naomi Alderman's The Power, the balance of the world is irrevocably altered overnight. The story is told through four central points of view, that of Margot, the ruthlessly ambitious member of American government, Roxy, the somewhat gullible daughter of a London gangster, Tunde, a young Nigerian man who documents the worldwide change known as the Day of the Girls, and Ali, a teenage runaway who becomes revered as a deity. Through their experiences, we witness the ways in which women utilize their newfound dominance. This brave new world is far from a utopia, however, as uprisings and revolts spread through the world, and after the initial delight in female empowerment subsides, a darker side to the new world order emerges." Do you want to introduce our awesome guest who we're about to dial
0: in? Yes. Charlotte learned to read before she was three and hasn't stopped since. She thought she was going to be a fiction editor and to this end got an undergrad English degree and a postgrad publishing degree. Except, plot twist, she joined a major scientific publisher ten years ago to work on engineering books and hasn't yet managed to find the exit. Charlotte reads anything and everything, anywhere and everywhere, and misses her university days when settling down with a cup of tea and a good book was actually work. I too miss that, Charlotte. (laughs) (laughs) All
1: right. uh, Charlotte, welcome to Your Own Words. We're so happy you're here. Hi. Hi. Thank you for having me. We are really especially excited about you because we were saying, I think, a couple episodes ago, we need to get someone who works in publishing on here to answer some hard questions (laughs) To to stop us fighting. (laughs) To stop us fighting. But just to like give us some kind of, obviously, you have a a degree in publishing, which is really Mm -hmm. cool. So we, I mean, I just want to dive in and, and, you know, I literally wrote on my questions for guests in all caps, you have a degree in publishing.
2: (laughs) I Um, I do have a degree in publishing.
1: Which is so cool. So obviously, you know, we have an ongoing, uh, Debate slash war debate is a really polite way to put it.
0: Allison doesn't want to admit that she's wrong about something is basically what's happening That's here. That's
1: mm-hmm. mm-hmm. an interesting way to put it.
0: Um, but can you tell us, from a
1: publishing perspective, why do books come out in hardback first? What is the? I and sorry for putting you on the spot. If this is not something that you know, but um, what what is the history of that? Like, why do we publish in hardback and then wait? A really long time for too, too long, too long for Beck's taste because she won't read a hardback. Um, like, what's the difference? What's the story behind that? Why? Wh- why?
2: <laughs> I wish I could tell you I'm in scientific oh, publishing yeah. and we are right. all about online publishing nowadays. Oh. Um, our books, when we do certainly for my company, I think for many others as well, our books are out in hardback and then available print on demand in paperback if people want them or in certain circumstances um, for students or as textbooks. But yeah, we're very hardback focused people generally in the scientific publishing world. So as far as trade fiction or trade nonfiction goes, I am not sure. I am not sure where the, the history of this comes from. I mean, I know that hardback books are much older as a concept than paperback books and but beyond that, I don't know. It is a mystery to me as well, yes. I'm afraid. I'm yes. very
0: sorry. It still
1: remains a mystery. Somebody tweet at us.
0: <laughs> Who knows? Michael Portillo answer? knows. Oh, yeah. Beck saw an episode of something. I, re- I was watching Michael Portillo's <laughs> Railway Journeys. I don't know. I had a migraine. It was just like, gone in the background. And there was a bit when he... I don't know why. They were doing like the old Orient Express thingy and talking about Agatha Christie. And so that obviously went on to fiction books. And... So what I think is the explanation is that Penguin, the, the guy that came up with the idea for Penguin, wanted a book for the train and could only find... So all the hard bucks are really expensive and he realised that was really unaccessible to most people that use trains and and working class people and he saw that there was a market for a smaller book that you could pick up and travel and cost six shillings rather (laughs) than whatever the hell that means like 60p I think rather than like 12 pounds and you could pop it in your bag and you could take it travelling and it was more convenient to travel with so he came up with the idea he got the royalties of a lot of old books, um, a lot of the classics the royalties were really cheap, sold them really cheaply, managed to get Woolworths and WH Smith to buy in the idea, which is why there's always books in in, in railways, and he opened up literature and, and classic literature and some of the best literature to the working classes. So basically, paperback saved the world.
1: Oh wow! <laughs> I was okay. really thank interested. you, Michael
2: Portillo. <laughs>
1: <laughs> That's actually super interesting. Yeah, it was very really interesting. I, yeah. I
2: was. I'm so glad to know that. And I'm really glad that, you know, somebody came up with the idea of bookstores in train stations, because I love them. And I have spent far too much money in train station bookstores in the course of my life.
1: Um, So, Charlotte, I I think so a lot of book lovers grow up dreaming Mm -hmm. of writing books. What was it that sparked your interest in publishing instead of writing?
2: Oh well I still wanna write books. Oh amazing. Um, <laughs> you want so books. This is but this is the part of me that's like, I wanna write books, but I also don't wanna be a starving artist in a garret. So how am I how am I gonna make definitely know I'm gonna make money, but also still be in a field that I love. Um so that is why why publishing. I finished my English degree and sort of thought, okay, now what? Um and it seemed a next kind of logical step. It's like, okay getting into publishing is quite difficult if I have an extra qualification maybe it will be easier and yes this it was <laughs> a great deal easier uh yeah but um I did not expect to end up in scientific publishing I am not a scientist I left science behind at GCSE and was kind of happy to forget about it <laughs> I am not maxi sciencey anything like that but I um got a job as an editorial assistant um for a major scientific publisher working on engineering books and I loved it and I stayed and I'm still there <laughs> like 10 and a bit years later because it's just being kind of at the forefront of um, science bringing it out to sort of <sighs> this is going to sound very grand but better humanity you know um, it's just kind of intoxicating and I I love that I love working with some of the cleverest brightest minds in the world and helping them get their work out and yeah so that's why i'm still doing it 10 years later and i've never tried to make the jump into fiction or or trade books at all because it's just this is just kind of what i want to be doing but um if i ever do get around to writing books it's probably not going to be about science because (laughs) no.
0: So, so you're the sliding doors version of me then, who was just like, I will do the starving artist. I will <laughs> have no yes. plan. I will continue to over-educate myself in fields of <laughs> writing rhyming couplets. And uh, she'll <laughs> live in poverty for the next 10 years. It's nice to meet other me, Charlotte. <laughs> <laughs> it's, <laughs>
1: it's
2: what could have been? What could have been? I could
0: have been financially stable. <laughs> I know about bridges. That's engineering. That is oh, engineering. Well. yes thank you you see other (laughs) me oh my goodness anyway so if you if you if you were to move in to find find the exit as you say one day is there a publishing house that um you would love to get into in in terms of fiction
2: oh what if i was to go and be a fiction editor somewhere yeah Um, is there like a dream spot is there a dream spot i mean penguin well penguin random house as they now are are kind of the most impressive name i think they're the only major um publisher that has its own brand like everybody recognizes the colors you know the color I even have like mugs with the stripes on and people have their bags. <laughs> I and have stuff. a tote bag. So, <laughs> yeah. you know, if I if I, I was ever to make that, that transition, um, then, you know, Penguin would be, that would be incredible. Or maybe somewhere smaller that does, you know, literary fiction so I could edit the great British novel or whatever, like Faber and Faber. That would be really cool. But I don't know if it's a move I'm ever going to make because... You know, I it really, seems you
1: have found like something really exciting yeah. in something that you didn't think you would, which is <laughs> awesome.
2: I know, and it's it's great to see how the work that I do actually gets out into the world and is used and is useful. Um, so not to, which is not to say that art is not very important, but I found the kind of place that I At want
1: to me
0: be tracking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs>
1: <laughs> uh, that's awesome. Uh, so let's let's talk about the book you chose. We are Do we not want to w- do No?
0: Yeah.
1: What? Oh wait. The big the big yeah. question. Why do I keep forgetting that these days?
0: Because <laughs> the I'm really afraid of the answer.
1: Uh, so you may not know why uh hardbacks are released before paperbacks in the history of that, but you did say to me in an email that you have many personal opinions on the topic. <laughs> no. Uh, and I know you knew this question was coming, even though I barely <laughs> forgot to ask it. Um, what, what are your thoughts? What are your, which which team do you uh, align with?
2: <laughs> Personally, deep, deep in my soul, even though I love a hardback, I love to see them on my shelves, you know, and they look so impressive. I I am team paperback.
0: Yes, other me. <laughs> we were both
1: sitting here with like our fists pressed to our faces and terror. <laughs>
2: so I am team paperback because Some the things truth, go the truth on the is, sliding doors like I just I ruin books I bend spines and I turn down pages and I you know I I love them I very actively like love them kind of to death my copy of my favorite book is held together with tape because it's <laughs> fallen up so fallen apart and I would feel too guilty doing that to a hardback, and I feel a bit more like tense if I'm reading a hardback. It's like, oh, better not spoil it because it was more expensive. But paperbacks, I feel like I can just, you know, be myself with.
0: Yeah, all right. You can cuddle up with a with a paperback. Exactly, exactly. <laughs> you can't Really do that with a hardback. I do it. <laughs> you would. Yeah, just to At prove this point. one, we use one
1: as a pillow. It's very, very comfortable. <laughs> she says as she clutches her hardback <laughs> yeah. copy of this book <laughs> which i was delighted to find uh, okay so now we can talk about your book you, d- you just want to move straight on don't you i really do yeah, i don't cool. i don't need to delve further into it it's nice th-
0: having you on my team <laughs> of saying is it. the correct team. season 2
1: is not going my way <laughs> yeah. at all it's fine it's fine well i'll i said last season i like being a dark horse <laughs> we'll get there your, your horse is getting darker and darker <laughs> it's fine I'm super goth, so that's all right. Uh, so you have chosen "The Power" by Naomi Alderman, which is a really cool book. Yeah, I'm so
0: glad you picked this book. I I love this book. Yeah, when I, I told I Beck,
1: she was like really, really, really excited because she's she'd already read it, and it was on my TBR for ages and ages. So thank you for choosing this book. And it's the on
0: the um, Women's Prize list of like twenty-five. Winners who have won over the last twenty five years. Yeah, so the won. women's
1: prize are encouraging everyone to read all the books that have ever won the prize. So this was uh, this was nice that we got to add this one in in Ticking perfect lots timing. Of boxes. Yeah, <laughs> I'm so glad. Yeah. So can you? Uh, for those who maybe haven't read the book, um, although I think this is probably going to be one of the ones we've covered that I think a lot of people will have read because it was so popular, um, do you want to kind of give us your own synopsis and tell us kind of what the story of this book
2: is in your own words? Sure. Um, so this, this book has layers, I think. There's, there's layers. <laughs> mm-hmm. um, but the main, the main story is, um, so on one particular day, which comes to be known as the Day of the Girls... Um, Teenage girls find that they have the ability to deliver like an electric charge and an electric jolt or a shock through their hands in varying levels of severity. And the narrative follows basically four characters um, in different parts of the world and in very different lives about how this affects them, how they take advantage of this or um, do not take advantage of this and the changes that the world sees over the course of uh, 10 years. And each sort of section starts with like 10 years to go, nine years to go, eight years to go. So there's a countdown, which just the first time I read it kept me kept me turning the pages thinking, where are we going? What is gonna happen? Um, but yeah, four main characters. So Roxy, the daughter of a London crime family. Um, Tundi, who's a young male journalist from Nigeria. Margot, who's a uh, US politician. She starts out as, as a mayor in, I think, New England. And uh, Ali, who's an abused foster kid who runs away from home, takes refuge in a convent, and sort of becomes a, a religious leader in the new the new world. And that's that's the basic, basic story. Well
1: done. You should uh, work in publishing.
2: <laughs> <laughs> it's almost I like I've book. written synopses on the backs of books before.
1: <laughs> yeah, you're better at it than the, whoever wrote the Waterstones you, one. You should write the one for the
0: beach as well, because that was oh God, the one for the <laughs> mm, Something else. That was not good, um, that
1: one. <laughs> not good at all. So this book is awesome. What is it about this book that made you want to choose it for this? Like, obviously you said, you know, the countdown, the way it is written, I agree, is really, it makes you, it makes it impossible to put down because that countdown, you know something big is coming and and the more and more you get into the story and the more kind of shocking, haha, <laughs> the more <laughs> shocking things become, like, you you wonder exactly, like, to what scale it's going to be and in the end it's quite yeah. quite intense.
0: It definitely evolves. yeah. I think fe- I feel
1: like it escalates really quickly. Yeah. Um, so, what uh, what made you want to talk about this book today?
2: So, I wanted to talk about it because it felt very timely for now, and it felt very significant to me because when I when I first read it, it was twenty seventeen. It just had um, the election in the U.S. and everyone was. It felt like we were stepping back in a way in terms of gender Um, and it was just just, I think before Me Too really took off and it was just really of that moment but I chose it because yeah it was significant to me in in that way at that time but also because of the way it made me feel. Um, The first half of the book it being about women discovering this power and, you know, they don't have to be afraid anymore. We see women in Delhi who are saying, I don't have to be afraid to leave my house anymore. I can walk through this market where previously no woman under 70 and maybe even over 70 would ever dare go. And thinking about that power, how would this affect me? How would this affect my life? My God, this would be amazing. And then there's the flip. And as you go Mm -hmm. through into the second half of the book, where it becomes, oh, actually, wait, no, this would be completely appalling. This would be this would be terrible because th- the structures are still in place, the idea of one dominant gender is still in place, and the the women who have the power end up just aping what they've seen men do, and and we just end up in the same or a darker place. And just that the way that the author Naomi Alderman just kind of pulls you through that emotional. I don't want to say emotional journey, but that kind of, that, that is what I mean. I do mean it an emotional good. journey. Um, and I've read interviews with her and sh- she's saying that that is what she she wanted to achieve, that she wanted women specifically who read it to feel, how would this change my life? What would this mean for me? How would the interaction in the office that made me feel uncomfortable have gone differently? You know, what would this mean for my daughter? And I just... I felt it all, and I wanted to tell as many people as possible that they need to go out and read this book and experience it. That's why That's why I chose it. That
0: was a long explanation. but That's a yeah. great explanation. I have nothing else to say. Thank you for coming. <laughs> Thanks very much. This has been great. That was the power. That was other me. Other me was saying, Spot on. She's
1: fantastic. I think uh, I found my new co-host. <laughs> yeah. Bye. Um, do you – so – I I feel like we both have the same kind of feelings of that. The beginning, it started off as this kind of like really empowering, really exciting concept. And
0: I read it in exactly the same space as you. I read it in 2017. I was trying to remember what the election was and it was just after the election. It was just before me too. And I, and that first half I was like, yeah, fuck you. Mm -hmm. I have this thing that I'm going to do and I'm angry and I should be angry. Women should be angry. And then suddenly you're like, Oh shit. No. Do you know what? People taking power is wrong. Mm -hmm. And it, takes you on that journey and it really reflects it reflected so much of what was happening at the time for um women and i think a lot of people were well obviously a lot of people were really angry and it's really easy for anger then actually to become attack and rage and um discrimination and fighting and all of those things that you know we don't we know aren't good but for you to lose sight of that because you're angry about what's going on and what the book did is kind of say Have those feelings, calm them down, and remember that we're all human beings and that's what you actually have to fight for, that equality. And it's a really Mm. interesting journey because you you are kind of riding along with it. Like, yeah, go on, take your power, do that. And then you're suddenly like, oh, no, don't actually. Yeah, then it becomes This is horrible, this is mean, I don't want to do that. Why am I doing what the men do? And (laughs) and a lot of that thing of like, they did it to us, thing is that. Because you could
1: see it happening. Yeah, you you could 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 see how this would realistically play out if something like this did happen and the, you know, the, yeah. the power dynamic shifted like that. Yeah. Um, do you think – and this question I think is for all of us. Um, I found it online. <laughs>
2: uh,
1: <laughs> it was also really great to have a, a book that's so kind of well-respected and well-read that you can – when I was just Googling stuff for the bios and stuff, it was like, oh, study notes and like questions to ask <laughs> at your book club. I'm like, yes, this is doing half of my job for me. Um but one question I found really uh, one to kind of puzzle over, and I'm not sure how I feel, is do you find this novel bleak or hopeful? Because I feel like it starts off in one way and then it ends in the other. But like how at the end of it, like what did you take away? Because I kind of felt like when I finished reading it, I I didn't feel co- – I mean I felt like, wow, what an amazing book. But I felt a bit bleak, I think. I I think that's kind of the note I ended on. What What are your thoughts?
2: Um. I don't, yeah, I feel, I feel that it ends kind of in a, in a bleak way, but I didn't come away from it feeling sort of brought down. I came away thinking, okay, we have, we have this, we have this idea in certain parts of society, which I'm not going to name, um, that this is feminism's ultimate goal to, um, lock up all the men or, whatever or rule over them yeah and I felt like this is a send up of that like a parody almost saying this is not what we want this is not where we're going to power corrupts and it really I felt reminded of what it means to be a feminist by seeing this hideous malformed idea and it I came away feeling like, okay, this is going to change a little bit how I think about what I want to achieve as a feminist in the world. So it made me feel more galvanized in some way. Rather than coming away feeling bleak or hopeful, it just it made me feel different. more energized, yeah, different, changed, rather than in either direction.
0: What about you, Beck? Um, I think it's just a stark reminder that w- where any one individual or group of individuals has power over another in any way um we what ends up happening is the structures of society are built around dominance and maintaining those power holds and as a result you get subordination and discrimination that's just what happens And you see it, thinking about this book again now, I'm reminded of a lot of what we see in the feminist debate around trans rights, without realising that what we're doing is subordinating and discriminating against a group of people based on their perceived identity, which is what the fight of feminism is trying to... Prevent. It's about creating equality. Everyone's power is equal to them as individuals. We have the power to make choices. We have the power to speak out. We have the power to say what we need and what we want and to say yes and no and right and wrong. And that is an equality that we all, regardless of our identity, should have and we don't have and feminism was built on the fight to ensure that that was something that was for everyone and yet we continuously see as a society as we move further towards these grasps of power within the structures that have defined them that constant discrimination of marginalized identities or identities that we're not allowing other people to own and have autonomy over and I thought this book was such a good example of what happens when we have the structures of power in in one very defined form and then we try and elevate another group to that space? All we end up doing is subordinating and discriminating another group. Yeah. And that's what happens in the book and it happens horrifically. So I I got to the end and I, I, I don't think I felt bleak, but I felt reminded that my role as a human being, not even as a woman or as a feminist, but my role as a human being is to elevate everyone to a place of equal power, to individual power in their own right. Absolutely. Or something.
1: Yeah. Was there... so? We talked about the, uh, the story being told through four different perspectives. Was there a particular character um, whose perspective you found like the most interesting or engaging or revealing? Was there a character that you found you warmed to more or hated?:
2: <laughs> I found Tundi possibly the most interesting because he is navigating this new world. He starts as quite a young man. I think he's, you know, maybe his early, very early 20s or late teens, possibly. And so he's grown up with privilege and then is seeing it with male privilege and then seeing it go away. And he's accepting it. We'd probably call him an ally now. Yeah. Um, and he's seeing this world as suddenly someone who is, on the, the lo- I don't want to say the losing side, but the, the, end, the receiving end of discrimination and his fear and seeing that grow and just thinking, oh my God, you poor man. I felt I, felt I warmed to him because I, I felt compassion for him. Yeah. But in terms of the most, the most interesting character, I think Ali really held my attention possibly a bit more than the others because we maybe we should have I should have mentioned this in my little synopsis Ali is hearing this voice which is advising her what to do and the question running through the whole thing is who is this voice is this God is this her just her thinking is is it is she having a mental health issue that she's hearing this voice what is this and we don't find out until the end which one of those that is so that really I found just very compelling.
1: Yeah, it was really, really interesting. I actually, um, I I have the book and I started reading it. And then I realized I had uh, audible credits that I didn't realize I had. So in order to read faster, I, I downloaded the audiobook as well, which is Absolutely brilliant. If you want to rediscover this book, I would highly recommend it. But the voice of the voice is very like the voice of the voice. It's like this southern like you can't get there from here, and it's just really <laughs> creepy. It's really creepy, which kind of I feel like really made the experience something even more dynamic. Um, also, it whispers sometimes, and it's creepy. But um, but yeah, it's really interesting. Doesn't doesn't Margo at one point hear the voice, or did I make it yeah.
2: up? She he hears it at
1: one point. That yeah. that line again, which is my yeah. favorite thing. I found myself like mouthing along with it. Like I'm like, I know what she's gonna say. <laughs> um, but yeah, that that I found Ali really compelling as well. Yeah. Um, just because it, it was so kind of mystifying what exactly her experience was, and it was just you know, for you to be a teen runaway and then suddenly become yeah. like the second coming, uh, is quite an interesting journey to take and to kind of be inside someone's head while that's going on. It was really, really curious. I think it
0: says something really interesting as well about people's need to believe in there being a higher power. Yeah. Like, people really we need that. And it very quickly becomes intense and cult-like. And yeah. people will do mad shit because they believe that someone has a power way beyond anything human. And that, like, her whole story, like, it, it's, you know... It, it never really potters along, but it, it's going along quite reasonably. And then it gets really, really intense mm-hmm, because mm-hmm. she's given a power that she doesn't want or need necessarily. But other people are like, it's so like you are you are God, you are everything. Yeah. And then they, when the voice kind of encourages yeah, her
1: yeah. to like, if you want to get anything done, like you have to own yeah. this. You have mm-hmm. to become this. You have to be the only answer. Which is...
0: Terrifying. Yeah, I wouldn't want to. Be, <laughs> yeah. I, I wouldn't want to be the one having that voice in my head. I don't want to be anyone's answer. I don't want to be my <laughs> own answer. Christ, don't ask me for the way to go. <laughs> ask other me. She's got things.
1: <laughs> <first>. <laughs> I also really love Roxy though. Yeah, yeah. She was just like tough as nails and yeah. and she's gutsy. So I mean, gutsy. they're all pretty gutsy to be fair. But like, yeah, yeah. She, she's she has like she's a little badass. Yeah, and like you know. I was rooting for her just because of the ter- like, the horrible way. I mean, she's the first character we're introduced to, isn't she? She's hiding in the closet, like, something terrible is happening to her mother. Um, and then, like, I wanted her to get vengeance. Yeah. I wanted that revenge yeah. for and That's her. what
0: I think comes up a lot in the book, because often it's not, like, often really horrific things have happened to these women because they're women mm-hmm. and they get the power and it allows them to stop these things happening. So it puts you as a reader in a really confusing situation because you don't want the awful things to happen to people mm-hmm. and you're glad that they've got a thing to protect themselves. But then it escalates so much to them. They're then doing terrible things. And You're like, hold up. What is mm-hmm. what is my moral dynamic here? Where am I supposed to sit? Am I still happy that they've got something to protect themselves with? And Because it, it's still horrific what happened to them initially. Mm-hmm. Or actually, do I have to look further beyond and, you know, kind of take a a more human approach and understand that actually everyone, very few people, unless you're an absolute sociopath, does things without reason or condition behind them that has led them there, you know. And we see that in this book. People start behaving badly because the history they have had have led them to a place where they've suddenly got the resources to take their power back. And that, begins as being really liberating, but then becomes really challenging. And if you kind of flip that on the the men who are initially doing the bad things, then obviously there are also conditions and and histories and behaviours that have led them to behave in the way that they behave as well. And so you kind of end up having this moral dilemma, be like, oh shit, am I supposed to care about all people, even the bad ones? Like, hmm. is evil actually not a thing? And it really makes you think about just the human condition and how we condition it within privilege and power and all of those systems, which is a bit of a head fuck because, you know, <laughs> people just like a nice little bit, right?
2: <laughs> but that's the thing. I mean, it deals, I think it deals with... All of these huge themes, whilst at the same time managing to be a really good, compelling, thrilling story. Yeah. And I it's didn't a great story. I didn't feel like weighed down by all of the the philosophical thinking about gender and roles and humanity and the human condition that was present, but at the same time I was still like turning the pages, like, I want to know what happens, what's going on. Yeah.
1: Yeah. She's definitely crafted like such an interesting thing to have such like a compelling narrative just yeah. from a writing perspective from a story perspective like it's a page turner it's, it's gripping
0: great story there's great
1: characters it's and you beautifully can see written it, i you, think you can def- I, I, it's very cinematic yeah.
0: is this going to be made into something
2: it because be it's screaming out um, to be yes i Ooh. think so i read in um that interview with uh, the author that she's working on a TV series. Amazing. It would be. Series would be good. Yeah, but I'm not series. sure when that's from um, or what's going on with that. But yeah, I would definitely watch that. That would be
0: incredible. Because yeah. it's so visual. Yeah. And it's so rhythmic. And there's a lot of sound in it and a lot of light and darkness. And I could. It's. This was a book that absolutely got me back into reading and I could see it so clearly. And even now when I think of different sections, I see it in my head. Like I know what it looks like. And that just makes it a really engaging book. Like you you say, you like scrap all of the sort of philosophical stuff. You really don't... I don't really think I was actively thinking about it until I got to the end. I was just really enjoying it and I wanted to see it and I wanted to feel it. And it was thrilling and it was dragging me through and it was just a damn good book. And then you sort of get to the end, you're like, oh, I've been thinking things and feeling things, yeah. and that's cool. Then you reflect <laughs> yeah.
1: on yeah. kind of the overall, yeah. you know, story, and you're like,
0: oh, that,
1: that's now given me a lot
0: to yeah. think about. Yeah, that was a lot. <laughs> There's a lot of stuff.
1: <laughs> but it never feels like it's trying to shove anything down no. your throat, no. like, from from a political perspective or a feminist perspective. It's just like a really, really, really great read. Yeah. yeah. Which is awesome.
0: Would you like to have the power? Oh, good question. Oh.
2: I think, well, I don't know. If I'd only read the first half of the book, I'd have said, yes. Um, <laughs> yeah, like yeah, a little tu- a little touch of it.
1: Like Maybe, a little yeah, like a casual electric chick- shock. Yeah. Just, just to light my cigarettes with. Yeah. <laughs> I don't yeah. smoke. <laughs> it's a fun party trick. Yeah. I feel like the same. I feel like after getting to the end, I don't, I don't think I want that, yeah. that, that sort of power. I'm, because I, I, I don't I, know. I think Can maybe. Can I trust myself to, you know, use it for good? Maybe.
0: I but... don't want to have to ha- need it, yeah. I think is the thing.
1: That's a good So it's like, say,
0: yeah. it's me- I don't think it's necessarily that I want it. Because I like, you know, sometimes, yeah, sometimes I kind of do want it. Yeah. But actually I don't want to have to need it. And that maybe is like the overarching thing of the book that no one should need. No one needs that level of power, any level of power, mm. which is has the ability to be that traumatizing and torturous and painful no one should ever need it even if there's an element to it which is protective and you know can get you out of situations we should never need it so it's like yeah I might kind of want it sometimes like I'm not going to pretend that I I wouldn't (laughs) want to occasionally zap someone the fuck away yeah but I don't want to have to need it yeah yeah I'm being super diplomatic. <laughs> that was my diplomatic answer. I was like, mm-hmm, <laughs> very yeah, safe. Let me be more yeah, there's, uh, there's a bit. There's a bit. I think
2: um, in the the Delhi. I think it's in the Delhi market. I think, yeah. And um, there's a quote. I know I'm talking. This is not my favorite quote, which I might talk about later. But this is something that really brought that home to me. Um, and um, a woman is talking to Tundi, and she says that that. They, men, are the ones who should not walk out of their houses alone at night. They are the ones who should be afraid. And I thought I would love for men to understand about that yeah. that fear. Mm-hmm. And then I thought, wait a minute, nobody should be afraid to leave their house at night. Whoa, this yeah. is going in a dark direction. This isn't all good. Yeah. That was the moment for me when I really, when that exact thing was really brought home that no one should need this. No one should need to feel that they can hurt another person if they have to.
0: yeah yeah Yeah. but we do all want people to understand that i think that's a really important point like there it's it's often really frustrating to try and explain to people that have a level of privilege regardless of what it is that fear exists where it should not exist yeah and vulnerability exists where it should not exist and it's just something that you actively think about because that's life and it would just be nice that people understood that without it having to be explained or to yeah. feel dramatic in any yeah. way. Like these experiences are just real life and for other people, it's like, oh, that's really dramatic. It's like, no, 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 it's just no, it's real life. No, literally every day. Like, so, yeah. there is
1: a reason that, you know, I, if I'm walking home alone in the dark, get your keys out. My keys are <laughs> yeah. between my knuckles. <laughs> yeah. And like, I don't know a woman that hasn't done that or doesn't know that trick. On the corner. Yeah. My keys come out on a corner two corners away. (laughs) And there are certain people, obviously, namely men, that like that would never cross their mind because they don't feel unsafe just walking around. Um, And it's it's it it was interesting to suddenly have that script flipped in this book and be like, wow, like. Yeah, part of me is like, yeah, you should know what that feels like. But also then you check yourself and yeah. you say, no, like nobody should have to feel yeah. that. It sucks that we do. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah, it's just really this book has a lot. Like you said, it has a lot of layers. <laughs> a lot it of layers. really does. It is but an onion. <laughs>
2: I think one of my one of my favorite things um, and one of the reasons why I probably wouldn't want to read this as an ebook is the illustrations that we yeah, have yeah, yeah. of the historical artifacts that go out throughout the book. Yeah. And kind of lead you on thinking, okay, where what are these? What do you mean this tortured device was ten thousand years old? Wait a minute, what is happening? And yeah. yeah, it's not it wasn't quite till quite near the end of my first reading that I realized, Oh, this book is
0: set in the future. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I did the same thing. Yeah.
1: <laughs> well and that and the the obviously the way that the book begins and ends with the letters. The, the letters that kind of uh, create this uh what's the word i'm looking frame? for frame yeah they frame the story in that it's it's a man that has written this yeah. historical fiction i guess or this historical novel and he's he's writing a letter to this female uh publisher Mm. Uh, who, who, and he's writing in a way that a woman were like, like, really like asking permission yeah. and being unsure and like kind of kissing her ass. And you're yeah. like, what? And then at the end, you're like, oh shit, like, this is, she's like, really? Do you think there was ever a time where men were more
0: powerful than women? Like, <laughs> I don't
1: see any evidence of that. And he's like, but wait, like, so it's really just shut like, shut
0: up, I'll zap you. <laughs> it's, it's
1: such amazing bookends to, to that yeah. story that really like tie it all together. And I absolutely, like, at first, I when I first opened in the book I was kind of like what is this like I didn't really get it but then by the end I was like wow that's just what an interesting way to tie both both sides of it together
2: yeah I just I love that I love working through that and seeing all of these images and then seeing it really being brought home to me at the end because when I first was reading the the first opening parts of of the frame the first couple of letters I was just thinking this is really odd this woman's kind of an asshole what is happening and then at the end realizing oh okay this is the world that they live in this is terrible I was much more when I was emailing people for work or whatever I was much more like forceful after (laughs) I'd read that like the couple of days immediately after I was much less asking permission and no apologizing for stuff that doesn't need apologizing for and yeah
0: but I think that's an interesting thing just like as wh- hindsight is such a benefit like we often look back at things and we think why did I let that person treat me like that yeah. what, what was I doing like why was I doing that and I quite like that about the book that actually it's the end when you suddenly look back at it all and you're like oh these were the signs that mm. I missed these were the things that I didn't pick up on and this, this is the result of that and there's that happens so much in in culture and society, when there were these little signs, we kind of let them pass. We don't pay much attention to them. We look back and we think, "Oh shit, yeah, that wasn't okay. I should have, I should have done something there. I should have, you know, t- said something, spoken out. I should have changed the way that I was behaving because that actually wasn't a reasonable thing."
2: Yeah, it's tiring, isn't it? We've all got like we've all got loads of those kinds of stories of mm-hmm. like not being listened to or. You know, seeing behavior that's just—if a woman did that, you would just think you'd gone a mad. Woman to see it, you know? it. A woman wouldn't <laughs> well, do it. A woman
0: wouldn't do it. According to this
2: book, she well, would. She
0: would if she was given enough power over enough time. <laughs> yeah. yeah, but it will take ten thousand years. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, a woman's not going to do it tomorrow.
1: <laughs> do you think that if this book became a reality, like if we all woke up tomorrow with this power, do you think this is how things would play out? Or do you have more hope for humanity? This is a terrible question.
0: <laughs> Are we screwed? Charlotte decides. Yeah, Charlotte, can you please
1: tell us, like, do you think this would happen? Or do you think there's a chance that we can all be equals one day?
0: I want, I want to
2: have more hope for, for humanity than this. Like, I want to say that, no, if we did all wake up with this power, that it would end up, you know, equaling out and being fine. But um, I'm gonna quote from the interview with Naomi Alderman again, which, in which she said, "If you have the capacity to enforce your will with violence, somebody will do it." Yeah.
0: So yeah. I I agree. Yeah. yeah. I I think it's it, you know it's we, human nature it's like human, we can't escape yeah. it. It's um and especially when um you're. <sighs> Like violent, often the most violence in society is seen from the most subordinated and abused groups, or the most abused people. There's often like, it's that fighting back. It's that it's that yeah. literal animal nature of fight or flight. Yeah. Like you either run away and hide, or you fight back with everything you have. And often it's that people don't have the resources, whether they're economic, whether they're social, whether they're intellectual, educational, or literal like strength. So you only have a limited amount to fight back with. But if you're given the resources and you're fucking angry, then someone, maybe not everyone, but someone is going to fight back. And then mm. someone else is going to join that person. Someone else is going to join that person. And I think it probably would take 10,000 years. Yeah. I, like It's not going to happen overnight. But eventually people will start to realize, hold up a second, I don't have to take this shit. And I was really angry when I was taking it. Fuck you. Yeah. And people are going to start using those resources unless we create the systems, the educational, the emotional spaces for us to have those conversations as equals and to recognise that you, like, I don't know if people realise this, but you can be different and equal (laughs) at the same time. Literally the only thing about us that is the same is that we're all different. So you can have those two things. And maybe if we start living in a society where we let people know that, We won't be zapping each other's heads off. (laughs) Just crazy idea. Check it out there. Man, I knew this book was going (laughs)
1: to lead to some crazy conversations. But like, I do.
2: I have hope for the world as it is without the without the zapping. Yes, I do. Um,
0: She's backtracking again.
2: (laughs) No, I do. I do have. I have hope for the world as it is. Less so if we ended up with the power to electrocute anyone who, you know, pissed
0: us off. Hey, look, like, Greta's doing it without zapping people. Yeah. She is. You know, there are examples of people in the world who are taking power or or using their power to create equality mm-hmm. without any sort of border of, of identity or shape or personage. And there without violence. And, and without violence. Yeah. And actually, I think we are maybe increasingly realising that actually there is way more strength in the power of the mind and in your abilities to communicate and to use your words than there are to just punch someone in the face Mm -hmm. and we're seeing examples of that happening with men women non everyone in between however you want to be a person we're seeing examples of people getting up and saying i am here here i am and that matters and not doing it in that like i'm gonna drop a bomb on your head yeah way yeah Absolutely. So yeah, hope for the world. (laughs) People (laughs) are nice and animals exist. So we'll we'll always have that. Yeah, that's true. That is true. Um, so Charlotte, who, who would you
1: recommend this book to and why?
2: Um, well, anyone who likes a good story and is a fan of speculative fiction would enjoy it. Um, anyone who identifies as a feminist and, Anyone who really doesn't identify as a feminist and who is opposed to feminism I think should read this book. Yeah. Because yeah. I would you probably hope...
1: have a harder time convincing them but
2: <laughs> yeah. yeah. But I would hope I would hope for a person who sees the world in those terms that there might be a little spark that goes, I find this horrendously unacceptable. Oh wait, this is actually the world as women experience it now. I would hope that. That mm-hmm. may or may not happen, but that is what I would hope.
0: <laughs> is there like an FYI on the last page? Maybe there should be an FYI which is like Lads, just in case you hadn't picked up on it, what I what I did here was flip the reality. Um, so if
1: you are outraged,
0: if you're if you're outraged, but you to hadn't sister. worked it out and you went on some sort of weird like feminazi rant, then uh, you missed the whole point of the book. Yeah,
1: I am very very intrigued to hear oh, yeah. what quote you have chosen because there could be so
2: many. There could there could be so many, but I have one that I think. For me personally, summed up, um, su- summed up the book and how I felt about it, and I just have to find it. Yeah, okay. <laughs> so um, when Tundi and Roxy are in the forest together, um, Tundi is trying to tell Roxy that despite everything that has happened to her, she is still kind of strong enough and brave enough to lead them out of trouble. Um, and it goes, a fragment of something he read a long time ago floats through his mind. A flattering looking glass. He has to be a flattering mirror for her, reflecting her at twice her ordinary size, making her seem to herself to be strong enough to do this thing he needs her to do. And I read that and I went, I've heard that before. And it's a Virginia Woolf quote from A Room of Her Own, which Mm. is saying the same thing but gender flipped that that is what a man needs from a woman and that moment in the book I just went I actually put it down and went whoa like yeah
0: that's my favorite section of the book that really really stuck with me got goosebumps yeah Um, I always get goosebumps yeah yeah. (laughs) good 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 quote quote quote. pick I was hoping you'd pick something from the forest because I love that bit I mean it's
1: probably the most one of the most horrifying oh, yes yeah, it's, horrible. Well. Yeah, it's, it's not a, actually not a bit
0: that i enjoy yeah. at all <laughs> it's not a jolly romp that bit but no. i feel like it's got so that much learning that, yeah it's yeah. got so much learning in it um maybe partly because it is so horrific like that I, mm. I feel like it did exactly the same thing of like oh i need to put this book down because i'm suddenly i'm suddenly getting it i'm suddenly getting all the yeah. things
2: yeah
1: incredible well, I, I mean, I already thanked you at the beginning, but like, I can't thank you enough for choosing this book. I'm so glad I finally got to take it off my shelf because it's been sitting there <laughs> for about a year. Um, so thank you for getting me to finally read it.
0: You're I'm so, welcome. so in it's love with it. Book. It's a great book. It really is a great book.
1: And it's a great episode for Women's History Month. It's a great uh, episode as the long list of, of new uh, women's fiction yeah.
0: We are doing People so well out. with
1: this episode. Yeah, <laughs>
0: killing it. What else can we do? Killing killing international Women's
1: kill Day. Yeah. yeah t- as we're recording this, International yeah. Women's Day is tomorrow. So yep. it's just it does yeah. tie up in such a beautiful bow. Um, is there um, any any like socials or anything you want to shout out where people can find you or would um, you prefer not? I,
2: I have a little a little Twitter where I talk about literary things, writing things, reading things, which is at Ms. Charlotte C. Um I don't know that I say anything terribly interesting, but sometimes I do. And sometimes I might. We don't. We don't.
1: Yeah. <laughs> and you, you talk about all the things we like. So yeah, we'll be there. <laughs> See you there. <laughs> and we'll put it in the show notes if anyone else wants to follow. Um, but yeah, I mean, can't thank you enough. What a great book. Uh, thank you for, for being here. And thank you for sharing it with us.
0: And thank you for letting me know what my life could have been if I was a smarter, <laughs> and sensible person. You're welcome. But, um, I knew there was something to regret there. <laughs> Awesome. Well, I think we will end it on that note. Yeah. Yeah. If you would like to come on the podcast with a book, any book, um, drop us a line on the com. There is a form that you can fill out and t- tell us about your book and why you love it. And um, We will read literally anything. It mm-hmm. keeps turning out. We will literally read, read anything. anything. Um, so don't be shy. <laughs> Unless it's Ulysses. Um,
1: yeah. Please do Ulysses. <laughs> And follow us on all the socials. We are on Instagram at YaoPod, on Twitter at YaoPod. Uh, and we also have a Facebook group um, where my mom likes to – Hi, Gail. Hi, Gail. Uh, she doesn't actually talk in there very much. <laughs> mom, get your shit together. Um, So you can join us there. Uh, And, of course, if you like what you are hearing and you uh, want us to keep coming out with great content and you want some extra stuff, uh, bookmarks, badges, extra content, uh, lists of what we've read each month, uh, weird videos, uh, all sorts of extra goodies, uh, you can find us on Patreon uh, and give as much or as little as you want every month um, just to say thanks because we do this for free. (laughs) So, um, yeah, please find us there, patreon.com slash And, uh, yeah, we will see you in a couple weeks. Bye. Bye. Your Own Words is hosted by Alison Dunnings and Becky Graham. It is recorded in London at the Pitch Room in Runway East, Soho. Theme song by Natasha Pasternak. Read along with us at yowpod.com.